My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Colin Jeffries and Paul Froge host a great podcast called the Rethink Marketing Podcast. Colin, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Well, Jason, listeners will get a healthy dose of snark, sarcasm, and fortunately, the ability to cut through the myths, misconceptions, and flat-out lies of modern marketing advice. And where can people subscribe? Anywhere they get their podcasts, including YouTube, and of course, marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Marketers Shooting the Shit. I am your host with the mostest. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, I'm Sean, the host, and uh, with me today, I am thrilled. I've been waiting for this episode for a while. Really excited to have my good friend, Seth Goldstein, on. Seth is the first person I told this podcast to when it was initially an idea, and it was like on a call with him that was kind of like, you know what, man, I'd love a podcast where it's just like, marketers can just grab a beer or a cigar, or whatever, and just or shoot whiskey. the shit. Or, or, or rum, in my case. I just love to shoot the shit with people. And I was like, there it is, marketers shooting the shit, and the rest is history. Seth and I go way back a good, solid, I don't know, three four, years? Four years, about. Yeah, four yeah. years, yeah. And that long you've been putting up with me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an amazing feat, so kudos to myself for that. Bravo. Uh, Seth runs Goldstein Media. Uh, marketing agency, web design agency, WordPress agency, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I think Seth's journey to get to this point has been really interesting to see. He's a husband, father, dog dad now. Yeah. And a number of other things. So, Seth, man. I'm, What's I'm, up, buddy? I'm, I am stoked to have you here, man. This is fun. We always shoot the shit. Like, we have our weekly yeah. shoot. We have our weekly calls. This is essentially our weekly call mm-hmm. shooting the shit. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different though. I mean, we don't normally yeah. talk about the stuff, and we don't normally not drinking either. Normally, I'm not saying normally, always. Normally, well, you don't know what's on my side because you know I have, <laughs> I have a tight camera here, but you know, yeah, I'm drinking a nice pumpkin ale from it's a little out. That's all right. Southern Tier Pumpkin. Yeah, and I realize it's like it's now like two o'clock right now. <laughs> on a Tuesday, and it's got 8.6 ABV. I'm like, oh, God. I have that influence on people. I always have. I know. It's, it's a natural and, and Sean's skill. Drinking, and Sean's drinking oh. out of the bottle. 
Yeah, I'm dry. I, I grabbed a, a bottle of rum and a straw, and I'm uh, calling oh, it a day. You're gonna wake up outside and bang wrong <laughs> on your face. But still, we'll have made all the calls that I have after this one, so that'll be I, the. I, I want a full report, buddy. Yeah, and, how that worked uh, out. And recordings. Oh, there's more? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm saying we'll, we'll record all those calls, and oh, we'll geez. see how they those go. Should be funny. Yeah. Awesome. Those could be their own episodes by themselves. Exactly. I love you, man. Sean, are you feeling okay? I feel great, dude. <laughs> Why aren't you feeling great, man? Exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, we know each other through our collective membership at Stacks. Yes. Which, uh, for the uninitiated, Stacks is a co-working space here in Bucks County, and I left a few years ago because it was just it was a long commute for me. Um, it's ten minutes for me. It was like a, an hour for sure. <laughs> yeah, still love the community and all that, and um, you know I think community is one of those conversations. I, I feel like you're having quite a bit, and it's happening quite a bit in the marketing world so what's your uh take yeah. on i'm actually you know, reading a book from the expert on like marketing mark schaefer he literally mm-hmm. just wrote a book on community and how that's how marketers need to think about getting in touch with people because with the third-party cookies going away now supposedly going away now whenever sure when those are actually going away and the first party cookies mm-hmm. kind of ambiguously here but not really here kind of thing yeah the community, getting your, your audience into a community yeah, where they can learn more about your products. There's some perks to that for them being in there, and then they become your advocates. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And, and, you know, this is I'm laughing about it because, like, I'm seeing so many people get out of the world of marketing because yeah. of all the third-party cookies and, and all this stuff going away. It's like... Man, you got to actually sharpen your skills as a marketer and not just depend on retargeting. I know. Bringing in all the fish for you. You actually got to learn. There, though. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely... still gets me every once in a while. You know, yeah. It gets me every once in a while with some relevant ads, but not used to. Yeah. And there's probably like one setting somewhere that you missed that, that allows that one app to. I'm on Android. I'm on Android. So go figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My problem. Yeah. But no, but I mean, it's. You know, I think retargeting is definitely a good thing for brands, but I see where people can be creeped out by the fact that it's like, wait, why is my shopping cart on Yeah, see, that's Facebook? the thing. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a marketer. Maybe it's because I would prefer to be remarketed or retargeted with a relevant ad that I'm actually interested in seeing and might actually buy from than something for pantyhose that I'm, not, I'm clearly <laughs> not going to wear. Right, well... I'm not sure if that's clear, but I would not wear. You got to keep that third leg contained, man. I mean, there sometimes panty. I'm not actually sorry. I don't think it was actually in the recording, Sean. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a, that was a pre-show comment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that—that that was an inside joke. I asked Seth if there's anything he doesn't want me to mention. He said, "Yeah, just my third leg." But, all right, I'm definitely mentioning that. Exactly, and there, there we go. I made it into the podcast. Didn't even take me five minutes. I'm that oh, talented. Oh, I don't know where the counter is on Zoom here. Oh, there's no <laughs> counter. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, so, you know, kind of hinted at, like, okay, you know, we're heading into 2023. We're at the week between Christmas and New Year's here recording this episode. And, uh, you know, just to kind of give a, kind of a frame of when this is happening, you know, it's, it really looks like the actual skill of persuasion and influence in marketing is really going to have to become a skill that people start sharpening up 
Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I think we're really kind of looking at the dawn of marketing actually being a skill. So imagine that it hasn't already been a skill. <laughs> yeah. And it's like kind of the theme of this show has been, you know, what got you into marketing? Cause yeah, I don't know. Uh, yes. There obviously are marketers that went to school for marketing and, and blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to say that that doesn't there actually far and few between you'd be surprised how many weren't. Yeah, exactly. And I know that you like myself are one of those that you didn't start <laughs> as a marketer. It wasn't your original. My was actually weird. I actually started mm -hmm. in 98 with a website design junior high school. Went to the University of Delaware, wanted to do web design. No, there was no classes in web design back in the right. day. Well, the thing, hey, I want to go into, I did want to go into advertising. I wanted them to do this ad. I wanted to do fun stuff like that. But I was like, I'm not going to take business courses. I'm not going to take accounting 101. There's no way in God's green earth I'm going to fucking do that. So anyhow, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to major in history and I'm going to concentrate in journalism. There was a concentration at that point in journalism. I could pretty much call it a dual major because the amount of time I spent at this school paper writing stuff was almost like a major. I practically lived there. Went to school for history and journalism. Managed to pick up minors in poli-sci and anthropology just for shits and giggles. Long story short, a day just, <laughs> or, it just sort of happened. I'm like, all right, I have enough class. Oh, I have to take this 300-level class or this 400 seminar to get a minor. I'm like, all right. Hmm. I'm enjoying it. I took an intro to terrorism. Wow, which was a, which was a very interesting course taught by someone who was like from Russia, you know. All right, I mean, was in the KGB at one point, supposedly, wow. and it was fascinating, fascinating. Took that actually in Italy on study abroad, which was interesting. So I was abroad studying about terrorism. Okay, while pretty much drinking my way through Italy, it was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was that's... a great month. It was a big blur because it was mostly me stumbling through Venice, trying not to. Follow drunk into a, a canal. But that's there you story. go. That, that, I, I'm surprised. I found my way back to the hotel in Venice. Whereas when I was sober, I could never figure out how to get back. Because it's like, you go up to an intersection, and there's five bridges across the five different canals. And you have to figure wow. out which one. And they tell you to go right. Well, there's three going right. Which <laughs> of those three takes me to that island? Oh, it was a nightmare. That's funny. So then I, I got out of, at Delaware in four years, miraculously. Much to my dad's happiness. Because most people don't get out of Delaware and Ford. It's usually five years, five years stint at Delaware. Uh, but I did year-round schooling for that. So I went into journalism. I did a brief stint at Circuit City while I was looking, filing my um, resumes. Remember Circuit City back in the day? That was fun. And then I worked for a small paper out in South Central Pennsylvania called the Evening Sun. Hence, it was not a morning paper. It was an evening paper. Interesting. Actually, before that, I, I think... Take it back. I worked for two weeks before I got shit canned at a morning paper at the Pottstown Mercury up in Pottstown. Hmm. That was, it was just too much for me. It was, it was like I jumped in, I oversold myself in the interview, and I went headfirst into a, you know, get done at three o'clock in the morning. Your article has to be ready to go at like four o'clock for the paper, for got the it. actual print rolls to start picking up your paper. Yeah. Too much. So they actually said to me when they got rid of me, they're like, go to an evening paper. You'll have more time to learn and grow and it's a, sm and a smaller syndication. Mm. Um, so I went to the evening sign. I lasted seven months there, uh, mainly because of a massive burnout because I had fun, enjoyed myself, saw lots of gnarly things as a journalist, as a police and cops, you know, emergency beat reporter, lots wow. of dead bodies, no, no murder that I'm aware of. I did, I did chase a combine, you know, harvesters through a cornfield in a suit and tie one. Jesus. That was fun. Waving my press pass in the air saying, 
I have a question for you. I have a question for you. He motions to the end of the row because he can't stop until the end of the row. And he gets out. He's like, well, why are you talking about? I don't know. I have so many stories. Jeez. So yeah, I, then I left journalism. They worked for the Courier Times around us for a little while after that. Mm-hmm. Which was a morning daily, but I was I was more of a feature writer for them. That actually I did that when I was in college for a little while. I went back to the Courier Times after the evening sun for a little bit. Nice. Got out of there because I told I told a source that my editor had a bug up her butt. Um, I got, was showed the door very fast after that. <laughs> yeah, because I got back to her that I told I said that she had a bug up her butt. But yeah, you know, so then I was I went into sales for a little while. I sold big container boxes um to construction sites, like the worst kind of sale, cold calling. That's something you don't give a flying fuck about. Yeah. So let's dig into that because, I mean. Oh, I dig into that. Oh. Yeah, you've had Goldstein Media has been around since. 15 years. 15 year, so 15 years of. Seven. So you, you saw kind of the, and professionally too, so you're, you're all up in it. The oh. growth of like what this digital thing has become and oh, how yeah. it's entered our lives. So. I think one thing that a lot of people neglect is sales as a skill. And you did it the hard way too. You know what yeah, I mean? I you're all fashioned, pick up the damn phone, get cursed yeah. out by the construction worker. Yes. Yeah, sm- yeah, like, yeah, smile and dial, man. That's that's how you cut your teeth though. But I'd love to hear what do you think you learned in that process of you know, talking to these construction guys, trying to get them to buy something they don't want. Well, they, you know, they didn't know they want. Oh. I get that thing for cheaper, but we have the tri-cam locking system, which oh. I've seen everywhere since then, and so it wasn't special. So anyhow, no, I mean, I, what I learned is that, you got, that sales doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. It only sucks when you're selling something you don't like, you don't give a flying fuck about. Ah, there's a yeah, I, I'm selling. I'm selling every day in Goldstein Media. Right. But I'm selling something I'm passionate about, I'm loving, and it's not really sales. I'm just talking about what I love and saying, hey, let, let me help you. Yeah. And were the sales that you were making, were they kind of like one-off, somebody buys their container and then... No, they were, they were rentals. There was residuals. Okay. It was kind of nice. But, oh. um, I mean, it was a nice payday for back then, you know, when I yeah. got a sale. Got I was driving at the construction sites. You know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a bad job. It was just a terrible job. Yeah, I gotcha. It was a bad job. It was a terrible job. <laughs> and that, and then also too, like kind of comparatively, you know, you're doing something today that you get to see the direct impact that it has on somebody's life and business. Yeah. More yeah, importantly, but, life. It actually goes back to sales at Circuit City. Once again, that was a job that didn't pay well. It was ten bucks an hour. I went back to Circuit City after Mobile Mini for. I said their name. Sorry, I worked for Mobile <laughs> Mini for a little while there. It was a container box company. Back to Circuit City for about a year while I was opening my business. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I mean, it was because I'm selling something that I like digital cameras. Remember those? They actually used to be not. In oh, your yeah. Phone. Used yeah. to actually not be in your phone. Used yep. to, the phone, the one used to suck. So you get a good digital camera. I used to sell those. I used to sell computers, big screen TVs, DVDs. Nice. What's that? Yeah. I, I don't think I would. I think I didn't in both stints in Circuit City. Like I worked there two times. I don't think I saw a VHS cassette one. That's sure. It. Yeah. I think that was okay. out by the early odds. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, t- taking the idea of sales over to marketing. Yeah. 
you know, and then here you are starting Goldstein Media. Like, what? Why? <laughs> Why did you start? Because because I, I my now wife, my then my fiance Meredith, God bless her, was like, you want to go into web design. You you've always wanted to go into web design. You've been doing it on the side this whole time. Why don't you go back to school? You know, I went back to the University of the Arts for about a year. Did wait. Now I'm thinking about way too much. I might pay more than an MBA to get a certificate in web design. Wow. I think MBAs, I think MBAs are actually not that expensive. They're just time consuming. Mm-hmm. I think MBAs are like 2,500, something mm-hmm. like that. I paid nine grand for my PAM certificate. Got it. But to learn a little bit more how to hone my web design skills, Got uh, it. pretty much it was one class. They told me about divs and I was off to the races, but I had already committed to the year. So I was like, I'm going to keep going. I learned yeah. about Flash. Remember that? Oh, man. We got- oh, that was fun. We could, I, I, I had my fair share of Flash classes in graphic design school, too. It was, oh, my oh God. Man. That, that Flash was that. cool. It was it cool, was. but it was insecure as... Yeah, and, and kind of became useless after a while. It was just yeah, like, like, SEO-wise, it was a freaking nightmare. Oh, impossible. You can, you can, like Google was like, it's a container. I can't yep. see in it. I'm sure they there could probably go. see into it now if they had to. But Probably, you know, yeah. You can read JavaScript yeah. just well. They just ignore it. Yeah. They're, they're like, yeah skip get... the whole big... Lump of code here and read this stuff below it. Yeah. Just all, so, all I, so I actually went into um, web design thinking I was going to get a job. Didn't get a job until four or five years later when, when my son was born, had some complications at birth. He's fine now. More mm-hmm. than fine. He's still a knucklehead, but that's not curable. <laughs> and he's 10 now, but back then when he was born, he had a bowel obstruction. So he's in the NICU for six weeks. Right. Um, and that killed Goldstein Media. And so, because I was just, I was a kid first. That's mm-hmm. what matters. Um, we had a new kid, expenses beyond belief. I went and got a job at a subsidiary of Merck. Anyone around this area used to know the word Telerex. So I, I, they made me a position. Cause my, my, my brand apparently back then was strong enough that a, guy, a good guy named Barry Dalton, you know, who had worked, you know, a very well-known guy in the digital marketing space had found it was working there as their C whatever innovation officer, their chief innovation officer, said, Hey, John, my, my boss, you need to find a spot for him. He needs to do our social media. So I did Telerox's social media for about a no about a year. And then for the second half year and a half, you see the trend that most of these jobs are about a year. I believe I'm ADHD. Anyhow, that's a whole other story. <laughs> about a year I did that. And then they also realized like what the hell is this kid doing? You know, like what, like, you know, first one in, last, no, for last one in, first one out kind of sure, thing. Sure, sure. So they, so my, but John, God bless him and God damn him at the same time, <laughs> loved, you know, and liked me. So he, he put me in a technical sp- specialist role. I sucked at that role. And he's like, I have to let you go. And I'm like, I have to let myself go, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. And I went and opened up Goldstein Media up again, uh, version two. And I, I learned so much between at Telerac. And wow, I should have done it this way. Yeah. I mean, I've been threatened in, not in journalism, but in web design with a, with a gun permit. He threw it down and said, oops, that wasn't my license. Got yeah, it. right. You threw it down for a reason. Like, Got it. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. And, you know, one of the trends that I see coming out of this podcast as I'm, as I'm talking to people, you know, how much a career in marketing and making a living in marketing yeah. Yes, it is a skill, one hundred percent. Like we we cannot it's ignore a that. Skill. It is, and and it's like it's one of those skills that like you kind of can't become good at marketing until like life has kicked you around a little bit. You know oh what I mean? Oh my god, no joke. Because you you have to 
understand, you know, that you are talking to people. Like, nobody cares at the end of the day, like, the bells and whistles yeah. of what it is that you're doing. They, they want their life to improve. Yeah. You know, really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And I, I think the, the best marketers in the world, as I'm learning from doing this podcast, the best marketers in the world are the ones that are, you know, they've been slapped around a little bit by... By Lady Life, uh, I guess we could say. Lady Life. I like that. Oh, that's, that's nice at all. Is that somebody? No, somebody's like. It's a metaphor. I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah, we'll go with that. So, all it's simil- something like that. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel! All, all similes and metaphors aside, we're going to take a quick break, hear from the people that are uh, paying the bills here, and uh, we'll see you back in just a second. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we that um, live wow yeah buddy. yeah man i i do my best i i am nothing but professional here around here you're awesome uh, buddy i enjoy <laughs> you thoroughly my friend and so man, the, the, the 8.6 i hope my volume's made me quite happy right now I no, no, you know happy. yeah i mean you, you got to work with what you got i guess you know let's go back even further oh geez for web design school what made Seth Goldstein, you know, what, how would your parents have described you as a, as a young hellion? Well, my mom would say I'm a darling, I'm a sweetheart, and I'm wonderful. Dad say, Seth would say I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> okay. Like, plain and simple. Like, my mom would not say anything bad about me. My dad would definitely say you're a royal, you're a royal pain in the ass. <laughs> and that my son oh, yeah, is true. payback. But, um, <laughs> oh, God. My mom was a psychologist. I was one of the first kids to be diagnosed with ADHD back in the 80s. We're going way back now. Mm-hmm. What was it? Third grade. I was one of the first kids on Ritalin. I had a bad stint with that. So for a year and a half, I wasn't on it. went back. Hey, oh, oh magically, it works now. Woo! Off to the races. Yeah. Just prep schools my whole life. I didn't do the, the public school education. So that's why when I went to Delaware, my dad's like, it's the same price as your damn fucking high school. Keep, I'll keep paying for it. So I was like, thanks, Dad. I'll buy you a book, too, because it's the same price. I'm, just, I'm losing the same amount of money to you as Jeez. I was before. I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> that's true love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, sometimes Dad's just got to be honest, I guess. <laughs> oh, he's definitely, if anything else, he's honest. I love him dearly, but he's honest. He's an honest man. You're kind of a unicorn in the fact that you thought about, you know, in your younger days, advertising yeah. the, the creative world like that. Was there 
something that you saw that initially you know got your interest in advertising like what was it that's you said at a young age you know what that looks really cool i don't know what that made me interested in that i think it might have been ogilvy or whatever or these ads or something like that i don't know was Mm. interesting was everyone knew it was gonna be a journalist before i did got it i started the school paper in my high school and it was like he's gonna be a journalist and I didn't know I that about a journalist. You. I didn't know that. Then I became a web designer. Everyone's like, we knew you were going to become a web designer at some point, too, because I was into web design. Yeah. I designed the first website for my high school. Back in wow. Then. And so it was like, like, we knew this was your trajectory before you did. And I'm Got like, it. are you freaking? That's, that's creepy. <laughs> Creeps. Um, yeah. So, okay, that's that's really cool. So what was it about? web design though that intrigued you was it the technology was it you know the fact that you could like make could these cool it. things yeah yeah i could just do it i mean freeservers.com oh my god i had like you know a giant among men.am.com was mm. my abraham lincoln tribute site yes i was a dork yes, that's I was awesome completely out of dork but i built a website it's probably still up there i don't think free servers i think free servers Still have free servers still has their you know servers up there i'm sure i mean it's around somewhere it, i it shit comes back to you on the internet it, it comes oh, back luckily nothing, nothing bad but i did that i was going to do a bike tours of the of the yardly of the of the delaware canal mm. but i've always had a little a little hint of entrepreneurship my dad's always yep. been a very big entrepreneur he's you know started a bunch of biotech companies in his day over and over and over again says they sure. haven't really found anything yet but you know he's a lot of patents <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it kind of made sense that i was gonna become an entrepreneur in some way shape or form in your blood in my blood that's my it. mom's chagrin she would much rather me have a steady job yeah and i think that's what moms want for their kids and like my mom was shitting her pants you know, when it was like, you know, when everything went down with me, that it was like, you know, I, I was shown the door where I was at too. Yeah. It's like, well, what the hell are you going to do? Where are you going to work? It's like, I'm going to give it a shot on my own. Like, I've, you know, so, sometimes life just gives you the chance to go for it. And you, you got the Italian Irish mom. <laughs> and I got nah. the Jewish, 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 Jewish mom. Now, my, my mom is full Italian. Oh, Jesus. My dad is the Irish one, so oh, he's, he's kind of like the red hair. He's where the red yeah, hair. Yeah, so yeah, so he's like ah, whatever. Yeah, he's, he's, he's laid we'll back. With yeah, buying you. Know, yeah, 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 exactly. You get the so. overbearing mother that you love dearly, but he was like, like he loves you yeah, a little man. too much. Yeah. Now, me and my cousins, like, we're all in our thirties at this yeah. point. You know what I mean? Youngins. They they had Christmas uh, Eve over there. You know, over the over the weekend now. You know, we're all just walking around shooting the shit and no pun intended. <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so apparently this is a trend with me. Uh, my, and my mom Her is like, shooter. my mom is going up to everybody. Did you eat? Did you eat? Did you eat? It's like, yes, we're, <laughs> we're capable adults. We're all, <laughs> we're all fed. Oh, she sounds adorable. <laughs> Your mom sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, she is, she's, she's a lot of fun, but, uh, and, so and, cute. like, did you eat? <laughs> yeah, mean? yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You eat enough, eat more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, you got a a, a scoop of uh, and name anything, and an Italian yeah, family spread. That, that, that fruit cake. 
I went to we got pizza over the, over the weekend, and they gave us a fruitcake. Oh, with a two little fruitcake. Oh, ill something, well, whatever. Hmm. Name, something. Good. Gotcha. Yeah. I, one didn't make it home from the pizza shop. I ate it on the ride home. <laughs> what what fruitcakes? <laughs> I, I saved oh. one for them. I saved one for them, and the rest was like I ate it in the car. My wife looked at me. She's like, "You're not." Didn't make it home. So that's great. Oh man. So. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Seth is going through his journey. One He's, one. yeah. And, but that's what makes it worthwhile though. Yeah, but, but I, um, I, I, my, on my journey, I once counted my clips. I had 2,552, the exact clip that I, that I managed to remember to copy on the copy machine as it came out of the, of the rollers mm. of the printing press. Wow. I, I mean, I have binders full of like stupid obituaries I will never scan and don't give a shit about. But I'm like, hey, my name's in the paper. I'm like, I'm gonna copy this back then. I'm like, oh. now I'm like, I don't want to care. That's cool though. I have a few. I have, I have, I have a few good good clips. That's I'm like, cool. There's once a um a suitcase bomb scare in Gettysburg. I was on my day off. I just because what do you do when you day off when you're living Gettysburg? You go to the battlefield. You know? Sure. I'm walking sure. around and all of a sudden I hear sirens. And the chief knows me and all that. I'm like, well, chief, what's up? He's like, there's a suspicious suitcase over by Abe Lincoln. I'm like, go figure. It's Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So, so he's like, come behind the fire truck, which is which was way too close to it. If there was actually a bomb, it was yeah. way too close. To, we would have all been dead. It was, yeah. It was a suitcase bomb. Turns out it was a. It was someone left their 15 pairs of or some number of stiletto heels. In a suitcase next to Abe Lincoln's statue and walked away. It oh. was not a bomb, but it was a bunch of stiletto heels. Now, did the did the reporter in you, the the journalist in you, did you instantly try to like gather the story? And oh, it's fine. I went back. I had my friend in from town. I said, "You go back behind the police line. I'm gonna hang out up here." He was like, "Can I hang out with you?" I'm like, "No, because if the thing blows up, at least you can tell my mom I, I died happy." <laughs> there like, you go. I'm like, "You can't stay up here. You're you're not credentialed." I was gonna say, like, if 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 it was, if you would have instantly like put your journalism hat on, I I'd start asking questions, man. Like, did you plant the suitcase with it was fifteen pairs? It was a tourist. It was a tourist <laughs> mecca. Uh, I mean, Gaysburg. Anyone who's from the Philadelphia tri-state area knows Gaysburg's about three hours due west of here, due west and eh, southwest <laughs> of here. And it's an awesome. I mean, you know, big battle of infamous Civil War, July. First, second, and third of 1863, not to be a war nerd or anything. Lots of great battles happen there. Great stories happen there, all that stuff. So weird shit happened there all the fucking time. A likely story. Sounds like somebody who planted a bunch of heels and disguised it as a bomb would say. Oh, the truth comes out. No, all these years later. I feel yeah, like I should. Oh, I, the chief's listening to the podcast. He calls me up later. He's like, "Excuse me, <laughs> Mister Mister Goldstein. We have some questions. We're going to need you to come into the uh, station here to solve this unsolved bomb case of uh of stiletto heels, <laughs> stiletto heel gate." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> need like breaking news music or something like that to come <laughs> in now. <laughs> breaking news. All right, enough of that. So, looking at you know how life started going for you, you know, you know, you're getting into journalism, you know, and we, we know that, you know, you kind of drifted your way back to web design yeah. just through 
through that. You know, what what do you think was the biggest learning from being in journalism that you took over to your own uh, baby in Goldstein Media? How can I make a little bit more money than I was making as a journalist? <laughs> or just a little bit more money. Okay. I mean, I got out as a journalist. I was, I was making 21 five. Wow. 21 five. Now, that's back in the early aughts. So that will probably be 31 five now. And plus, it adjusted for inflation, you're talking a six figure job. So, what are you complaining about? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> you live it up, you get decent benefits, whatever. You call, you know, when you're young, you know, parents, you know, pay for your, yeah. your cable bill. I hear you, man. That kind of thing. But I feel like a lot of the journalism kind of made me fall back into web design because on the side, I was running a site called HermesNews.net. Okay. Ironically, it was called Hermes News, which, which is, you know, I think about you know, Greek mythology. Hermes in Roman mythology is Mercury. Mm. Pots town Mercury. Mm. So subconsciously, and it's literally only come to me now, like literally just a second, everybody's, <laughs> wait, Hermes? Mercury. Oh, it wasn't as original and new and new as I thought. But I, mean, I ran out of a small little news blog called Hermes News, where we talked about the politics of the day on the side. Made no money doing it. It was just fun. But it would get my journal, my web design chops going. Got it. And that, and that was fun. So I did that. And I always knew that if journalism wasn't going to pan out, I would do, do something with the web. Cool. I actually, I actually did a story on the DLTV transition. On digital from the analog to digital transition, I was a journalist at the time. 2006. Okay. This was a four-page article, four four-section article. It was by far one of the hardest articles I had to write. So I under, understood it, but the Podunk, sorry, people out in South Central Pennsylvania, but Podunk <laughs> people out in Central Pennsylvania had to understand it as well. Yeah. And so it was a four-section with inserts. Article. I mean, I, I just, it's actually up on Seth Goldstein.me. See it about the digital trans, transformation from, from analog to digital. And that's when I was like, all right, the internet's here. I need to get back into this. Yeah. And, you know, just from knowing you, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I know God that. Bless you. <laughs> no, but just from knowing you, I know you have like this inkling of, or not even an inkling, like it's a, a full bodied, like, interest in technology and what does the future look like with technology as a part of it like did, did that come from like has that always been the case from like when you were a kid i blame that on my adhd new shiny object syndrome mm. it's like oh that's new let me try that oh that's new let me try that but you know how many of those things have died off in like three months, I'm bored with it, and I move on to the next thing. Gotcha. I, I mean, to its credit, Mastodon, which I still haven't gotten Sean on yet, which is only a matter of time, but Mastodon, I've been on since 2016, <laughs> like half-heartedly, only since me, Elon, you know, the schmuckhead Musk, took over Twitter, have I been on, you know, off of there and on Mastodon fully. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, shiny object. I'm slow to every, so I was really late to Facebook, if you can believe it. Oh, I was the first one in. The minute they opened up, it was right after I left college. The minute they opened it up, no, actually, no, I got in because I had an alumni email address at udell.edu. Mm -hmm. And I got in there before any of my friends. Yeah. I I think I was late 2009. That's eh, not that late. Yeah. But, well, like, comparatively to everyone else. You were the first influx of normie. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. That's, that's probably fair to say. They opened up to everybody, and you probably walked in with everybody else. Yeah, but I was dragged in kicking and screaming, though, because it was, it was right after our wedding, and everyone was like, well, when are you going to post your pictures on Facebook? And I was like, I already posted them on MySpace, man. Like, oh, you gotta... MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to be dragged kicking and screaming away from MySpace to get the Facebook. Yeah, I'm, and... still be, I'm being, being dragged back into Facebook by family, like, hey, we want to see pictures and stuff. Yeah. Still. That's... And I'm like, I dropped Facebook and I'm like, I'm still there. I saw you post the other day on Facebook too. I did. I, I did. know. I was like, whoa, Sean's on Facebook again. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really infrequent on Facebook these days. And one of the, the thing is, when it's good, it's worth it. You go on there and post it. Yeah. Yep. It's just, you yeah. don't sit there and stare at it like you stare at LinkedIn or stare at Twitter or whatever. Right. It's more like you controlled. I, I mean, so Facebook, Instagram, like the two of those, just they overly consumed my life. I love for... Instagram. I'm sorry. I love Instagram. Yeah. Instagram's enjoyable. Facebook is a drudge of society. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I 100% agree with that. And I, and I think you have a little bit more control over your feed on Instagram, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot better at giving you stuff that you actually enjoy. But yeah. even still, it was it was more of just the time suck aspect of it. Oh, it's a time like, suck. Yeah, always the yeah. time suck. I actually had, I, I deleted them all from my phone. I didn't deactivate my accounts. They were still there. But I took a solid, I took three months off of Facebook and Instagram. And it was, I feel like it reset my relationship with social media in a way. Yeah, I, because you also focus on, you also focus on LinkedIn during that time. I remember right. that. Yeah, and I, and I was so I still got my Sean fix. As if I didn't get my Sean fix anyhow, could be chat weekly, but like, yeah. it's like still, I got to see Sean's witty banter on social media on yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, but I didn't get overloaded with Sean. Yeah, it's, uh, I, <laughs> I, I I do like I went from just straight shit talking to shit talking with a little bit of a professional edge to it. Yeah, no, because you used to you were a Facebook like addicted. You were on yeah. like you were posting like professional shit on facebook and i was like sean it's not the place to put it and you're like i don't care it's yeah. facebook yeah i, I mean my, my attitude was fuck them you know what i mean like i you know like if i had an aunt or something that was complaining about you know the fact that i was posting work-related stuff on facebook it's like well i'm getting business out of this like i'm paying my electric bill by doing this so my mom and my dog pictures on facebook <laughs> she complains about how you put you look obsessed with your dog i'm like well, number one, I'm fucking obsessed with my dog. <laughs> number two, I don't fucking care what you say about it. And yeah. number three, people love seeing pictures of my dog, so shut yeah. up. Yeah, dogs are great. That's, yeah, but it, it makes but people it, happy to see other people's dogs. Absolutely. So we're going to take this opportunity to, to get our second break in. Sit tight. See you on the other side of this. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Colin Jeffries and Paul Froge host a great podcast called the Rethink Marketing Podcast. Colin, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Well, Jason, listeners will get a healthy dose of snark, sarcasm, and fortunately, the ability to cut through the myths, misconceptions, and flat-out lies of modern marketing advice. And where can people subscribe? Anywhere they get their podcasts, including YouTube and, of course, marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. All right. So we hinted at it earlier that you're always trying and tinkering with tech things. You refer to it as your 
ADHD. I, I refer to it as your, your entrepreneurial spirit. Whatever you're, you want. <laughs> <laughs> you're always looking at, you know, what's the next coolest, potentially biggest thing next that could time. that could potentially come out. Yeah, now, now you're going to try and hypnotize me, the, the, uh, the old subconscious thing. You know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of, and, and this is going to sound way more dramatic than I mean it. Like, like, I feel like we're kind of like on the cusp of a revolution. Like, I think people are kind of catching on that so much of social media is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, pe- people are really catching on that it's like, you know what? Nobody that I follow or listen to or watch is even being real. No. So, I don't know. I think we're due for some kind of major okay. shift. A reset, yeah. A reset in social media for sure. So I, I, I honestly think that's what uh, the Fediverse, not just Mastodon, is going to be, is that owning the piece of the of of your instant is more than a centralized server like Twitter, mm. where Elon can come in buy it and then screw the you know screw sure. it, essentially. So the idea is that with Mastodon, you have your own server, you you have your own instance, you take your followers from server to server, all that good stuff. I feel like that's the future. I mean, people have tried it with NFTs, which I don't understand. Sure. You know, with board, the board, whole board ape thing. I'm like, oh my God, I don't give a shit. Oh man. I, mean, I want awesome. one because they're cute, but I don't want to spend the money to get one. Oh, like, now, now you can probably get them for. Them. I screen cap them and save like, Got I it. Have, I don't own it, but I'm like, I saw a picture of it. And that's what matters. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a um, more Web3 is more than blockchain, more than NFTs. Mm. It's, it's the idea of owning or having more control over your digital presence. Got it's it. Ha- you, you having control over it. You taking your data. There's something called citizenme.com where it's owned by a guy named Sajin Deakins over in the UK. You get paid, but you answer survey questions that companies want to know and they, you get paid in pound. Unfortunately, oh. it's a conversion rate for that, but whatever. I don't <laughs> fault them for that. But, um, yeah, that makes sense. But, but it's you own your data. And how can you monetize your own data? How can you monetize your own data? Because it, right. God damn it, it's your data and not Facebook. Yeah, that's a wild concept, man. And and like it goes to Dave, man, <laughs> man. Like I got like thirty things I want to talk about with just that <laughs> that one thought there. So, but you know, and I think that's something that the mainstream, for lack of a better word, the mainstream is starting to realize too. I think the inkling of it is, you know, you see that same message that people are copying and pasting like Mark Zuckerberg, you don't own my data because I copy and pasted this thing. And it's like, no, I forgot about that. Yeah, it still goes on. It still goes on. Oh, yeah. Constantly. And it's like in a while, but I haven't did it. I was like, what the the hell? Yeah. And it's like, no, that box that you checked when you signed up for Facebook says you can use my data for whatever you want to use my data for. It's called a EULA. I mean, none of us read it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. But that was there. And hey, that's the reality of Facebook, you know, like, as they say, Twitter like when, and LinkedIn and all yep, all of them. So when you, you know, like, like they say, when the product is free, you're the product. So, yeah. Sorry if that's news to folks. Whoa, mind blown. <laughs> so what do you got coming up next? What, what are you looking at for 2023? 2023 is going to be interesting. 
I mean, because Google is now every month changing things at least twice a month. Mm-hmm. We've had two helpful content updates, HCUs, sort of the helpful cinematic universe. Oh, I always want to say, eh, bad joke. Um, so we're going to see more helpful content updates, I think, every month. They're constantly going to be tweaking it. Break your own content. Ignore chat GBT for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have fun with it. Yeah. Use it for ideas. Great. Write your own shit, people. Yeah. Like, it's going to get you in trouble. You're going to de- get delisted in Google because they know, I mean, how they have, what, what's the thing called? Lambda. Mm-hmm. They have their own shit going out there. So they know what natural language processing is going on. There's yeah. a lot of AI bullshit going on and writing and stuff like that. It's good for getting you started, getting past the writer's block. After yeah. that, write your own shit. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of AI stuff coming out next year. There's going to be a lot of Google tr- trends and changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now is not the inside story, but now's not a time to fire your SEO. <laughs> now's the time to keep them on board. Not that we're biased, but... Not that we're biased from the inside <laughs> story there. Um, but now's the time to double down on your marketing because next yeah. year, we're going to see a lot of movement from Google, mm-hmm. from Bing, from Neva, from DuckDuckGo. I think yeah. DuckDuckGo is going to be is going to challenge Bing. I really do. I think people are privacy-focused enough. And DuckDuckGo is not far in, in the third place, which is kind of neat because they're from they're based in Paoli, Pennsylvania, for crying out loud. Right, right. Yeah, it's got, kind of like the home, yeah, the hometown hero kind of thing going yeah. on there, taking so, on the big I, guy. Yeah, so I mean, like, f- f- the Philly area, I mean, like, our, our idol is Rocky Balboa as it is. So, I mean, like, we want to see the underdog. But I also think in, in that space, too, I feel like the, the Philly startup scene is growing. I feel like there's going to be a lot more you know, unicorns coming out of here. I mean, Boomi came out of here. Mm. Boomi was bought by Dell that went out on its own. There's, you know, Guru, which is a big SaaS product that, you know, owned by, started by Rick Nucci, you know, same guy who did Boomi. Mm. Like, all these products coming out of here that people may, maybe in the consumer space don't know about, but the enterprise space, they're big dogs in the Philadelphia sure. area. And I feel like there's and there's a lot more that I am privy to that I can't talk about because it's on an NDA. <laughs> tease, tease, teasing that. I'll come back and tell you about them. When, when yeah, te- teasing us about startup scene in the Philadelphia area and your third leg. So. On my third leg. Oh, yeah, yeah. teasing, teasing us back around. There we yeah, go. I, you know, uh, I do. I did two loops. So I, I'd love to shoot the shit a little bit about this AI thing. Yeah. But I had a very in-depth conversation with somebody over the last few days about like what yeah. they think the future of AI is and like what's it going to mean for SEO and how it's going to be huge for SEO. It's like I think that the thought process of the impact on SEO is frankly secondary. You know what I mean? Like yeah, okay cool you can use it to write articles fast uh-huh. but you know what like people don't go to like if, if someone's really researching something mm-hmm. they're not just looking for the generic information that they can get anywhere you know what i mean like that people need to be entertained and these bots aren't designed to have the personality personality not our personality that for sure well yeah 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 i mean if, if you're a robotic person then yeah, yeah sure maybe out there but you know us you can't replicate sean and Seth. yeah right so 
you know, I'm, I'm half tempted to launch a new site that just talk to, to talk about a topic and say like, okay, let's have X number of articles that are written by AI, Y articles that are written, you know, by an actual voice and let's see how it does. What, like what, what truly performs better? Like, let it be a cold case of here's what's actually performing. And here's how AI is actually doing in the world of content creation. Like, I, 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 like, I don't know. I've been kicking that around for like the past week. Like, you know, that could be kind of cool to, to really think about and see and what this is coming from a guy who has a toddler at home mm-hmm. and, and has more projects under his belt. You know, but I can see finding some time to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything going on besides the agency and the coffee shop, but and the coffee shop. That's true. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm that's doing now. Bad, buddy. Well, that's <laughs> for a guy who let me see has two podcasts, have the newsletter. Now just opened up a community for one of his podcasts. Yeah. Like I need another project right? and has an agency. Like, you know, <laughs> I need that project. Right? I need a hole in the head. Yeah, but like I said, it's that entrepreneurial spirit. You're always you it's called shiny st- object syndrome. That too. I don't know, man. What else? What else can we talk about? What else are people interested in? I mean, we can talk about our children for a while, but that's, I don't think anyone's interested mm. in that. But well, yeah. I am, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but what do you think about this metaverse shit? I mean, I'm turning, people's turn, I'm asking you about the metaverse stuff, but ah, what do you think about the goal. metaverse? Do you think there's anything there? I think we're a long time out from it being a thing. Like, even, like, you take what social media is at the end of the day, like, you, you think about really, really what social media is it's like sharing your like just like equate it to old school terms it's like sharing a photo album and sending out postcards you know what i mean like it's a photo like oh photo yeah it's just a like facebook instagram whatever i don't care whatever whatever flavor social media you want to use it's just a way of sharing your information with people. How long did it take for mass adoption of social media? A while. Yeah, probably. With Twitter, and this is what pisses me off so much too, but like everyone complains about how complicated the beer's working its way through my brain right now. Complicated. (laughs) How complicated Twitter, how complicated Mastodon is. And they don't realize that back in 2007, no one knew how to use Twitter. Right. Like, no one knew how to use it. And it was like, and they still don't know how to use it. But they're bitching and moaning about, oh, I don't know how to use Mastodon. It's yeah. too complicated. And these are like social media experts. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus about this. I want to desperately. <laughs> but they're like, this is too complicated. I'm like, dude, you figured out Twitter. Yeah. Just think email. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think. As far as the metaverse is concerned, yeah. to me, what the the true draw, and, and this is me being an entrepreneur, a guy that gets how business functions in general, not, not just a marketer, but like kind of how the world works in a way, yeah. like the draw to the metaverse for entrepreneurs is the idea of, oh, I own this digital thing. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know and and I'm not NFTs. talking about 
Yeah. So, so there's there's that side of it where there there is the ability to quote unquote own something. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like I think you know the idea of you know going to the real world. The idea of real estate ownership has yeah. existed for you know that goes back to the Bible. You know what I mean? Like you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So. You know, most people don't get involved with land ownership. And I think if you asked most adults, they would at least get the concept. They may not know how to do it, but they're at least going to get the concept of how to own land. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, now throw in the digital thing that people are really slow to adapt to and then throw the ownership thing on top of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a longer, like I said, like oh, people like you, a while. Yeah. people like you and me, we get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I okay, barely get the metaverse. I barely get it, but right. I'm getting there. Yeah. And, but if I'm barely getting it, how much is a common person just not getting it? Yeah. Somebody who, somebody who this isn't their livelihood. Like who? Like how are they going to get it? And I, and I think that's the bet that a lot of people right now are losing their shirts on. You know, the people that bought these bored apes, and we talked about them. They they bought them at the height and can't say. You know, like you, you buy something for like two million, thinking you're going to flip it for four million or whatever, and it's now like not thirty grand. It's like, yeah, it, that's exactly right. So I I think that that's I, I think that that's kind of where it's at right now. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be late to this. Like, I've been late to other things. Cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Now, I will say that I think the true underlying value, you know, in that NFT world, you know, comes down to the blockchain and the secure exchange of data. You know what I mean? Like the blockchain. I don't want the blockchain to be hurt by the fact that this. FTX bullshit that went down. That mm-hmm. was just a scam that so mm-hmm. happened to happen with Bitcoin. It just right. so happened to happen with crypto. Yep. It wasn't crypto being evil. It was had being evil. Yeah, exactly. It was evil on people the, doing on the blockchain. I yeah. think there's something to do with the blockchain. I just don't know. I don't know how to fucking do it because I'm not good yeah. at that. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole other world. And and again, like I think the implications that are going to happen in the blockchain related to medicine in the world of insurance patents it, it, there's there's really really cool things that can be done there yeah. it's just you're right like but as a as a high school student back in the 90s would you ever have thought we had the people beach <laughs> yeah you know, you know we had the modem sounds that we <laughs> ever be talking about something like bitcoin and right. What, what, like we would say, what the fuck the blockchain? What? Right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, in human history, inventions take a long time to, you know, to grow. Mm-hmm. In the internet world, um, you cough and it's done. It's like, yep. what the hell just happened? I blinked and like the thing's done already. Yeah. Like, and I and I think that's like really picked up. Yeah, and I and I think that's where the conversation around the reset. 
is really going to come in because so much has happened so fast. There's a reset in tech right now. I mean, we're seeing Google yeah. fire, not Google, but we're seeing Facebook fire, what, 17,000 people? So, yeah. Which is like yep. nothing for them. And of course, right. Elon fires a bunch of people, but that's, it's bigger for Twitter who has a smaller base. Yeah. But yep. like, there's a, there's a lot of tech layoffs. There's the second bubble burst. Yeah. It, don't, it only took, what, two decades to burst versus the first bubble burst in like three, three years. A couple years, years yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that's part of the reset is the the chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. Where <laughs> I love it. That's that's my talent, wrapping in old and new all in one. There you go. Um, no, but I, I think it's really kind of like people are realizing that it's like you know what, like we're putting a lot of money into this. Like, yeah, it's got to start being a thing, and that's you know, kind of what we're seeing now. Yep. Cool, man. Well, this has been a blast as I expected it would be. You and I, like, if we were to just like pour another drink, it'd be, we'd go I'm on for another here, four man. hours. I'm down my beer, and I'm like, I want another one, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna work the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm looking at like the last sip of my rum in the glass over here. I'm like, I got other calls to do today. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm at three thirty right now. I'm feeling a little too good. Yeah, so we're gonna have all the links that Seth wants. I'm going to try and like grab a bunch of links based on what we talked about in the episode. Yeah. It's going to be a long show description. Um, I but... apologize. In the <laughs> now, this was a lot of fun. Um, if you want to learn more about Seth and Goldstein media, uh, be sure to check the show notes, wherever you're listening or watching this at be it YouTube or wherever you're listening to your podcasts, please be sure to like, and subscribe leave a comment or review whatever it is that you have the capability of doing and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of marketers shooting the shit we'll see you next time you may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network but did you know there are other great shows on mpn to help your business colin jeffries and paul froge host a great podcast called the rethink marketing podcast colin tell listeners what to expect from the show well jason listeners will get a healthy dose of snark sarcasm and fortunately the ability to cut through the myths misconceptions and flat-out lies of modern marketing advice and where can people subscribe anywhere they get their podcasts including youtube and of course marketingpodcast.net you heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.